look at you gallivanting in here. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, beautiful. First off, I want to say thank you so much to multiple of you who have left reviews in just the last couple of weeks here. I often take a look every so often before I record, and I just can't tell you, it just means so much. It means so much when you take a few minutes to just leave some thoughts and comments. So thank you to every one of you that has done that. If you haven't yet, it really takes just a moment to hit pause, swipe up, tap the stars, leave a quick little thought now if you want to, or you can always come back and update and add that later. But a couple of things I want to call out in there. One gal said, the podcast in combination with the Elegant Excellence Journal has really changed my life. And I just want to make a call out. The journal isn't even for sale right now, but I'm going to put the waitlist link below. Obviously, it's my product, so I believe in it, but I really just want to emphasize that it's how we put all of this into action. We talk about so much life coaching, so much mindset stuff here, and it's really the way that in between this weekly episode, you can be keeping track. And with everything that we talk about here, you can really be implementing it. I think that there's such a different level in our lives when we listen and learn things versus when we really implement and assimilate them into our lives, that's where the change really happens. And the journal and the specific workshops that I do along with the journal to guide us through how we actionably and actually put this into practice is just so powerful. So I really hope that you'll take advantage of that when those go on sale uh, this fall. Also, multiple comments mentioned that it is clear how much I care. And I just want to say thank you so much for honoring that and seeing that. That means so much to me that you can tell that I really do care. And uh, the final thing is multiple people mentioning that you share these episodes with friends, that you have conversations with friends after these episodes. And that is the other part of putting this into action, you know, is verbal processing, having conversations with the people in your life where you're repeating back, here's what I heard Hillary say. Here's what my takeaway was. Here's a question that she asked that I've been thinking about. Not only does it bless the people in your life because it passes on, it deepens your connection with those people because now you're not just talking about like whatever pop culture news, et cetera. You're talking about something substantive. And then it also is how we really put it into action, how you start to not just hear me say, this is what the application might be, but really acutely figure out for yourself. I think this thing that happened on Friday morning, or I think the issue that is coming up with Sarah is this. And to really see those micro changes in your life really is either from journaling or from talking, but it's slowing down and doing the work. And that's what I see from those of you that are leaving comments is you're like, I'm not just spending this time every week listening and hanging out, which is wonderful and lovely and beautiful, but it's really changing my life because I'm then doing something. I'm then journaling. I'm then discussing. Y'all are just amazing. I'm so grateful that you're here. So our conversation the last three weeks, I did this little three-part series on avoiding burnout. And I had another thought today that I wanted to add to that because I think that 
It's such a universal experience, I am finding, that obviously as an entrepreneur, we are very spread thin and there's a gazillion things that we would, could, should be doing. So that archetype for all of my fellow business owners, I get that. It's why I want to talk about burnout and productivity, et cetera. We've also been having so many conversations about parenting and being a mother over the last few months in Instagram stories. And there's a lot of that coming through as well. There's a lot of women saying, thanks to the Elegant Excellence Journal, I'm doing better at balancing being a mother without losing myself and without feeling so burnt out, without feeling so resentful. And there's others saying, this is a podcast for another time, but there's others saying, in essence, you're just always going to be burnt out as a mom. And that's a bit hard because I'm not a mom, so I can't refute that as true. But just in my gut, it's not my worldview. I just have to believe that there is a way that we can have a spacious, peace-filled, joy-filled life, and we can get closer to that regardless of what our circumstance is. And there are a myriad of other careers and personal goals and life situations that people are juggling, but I find that it is so recurring, whether the term burnout uh, resonates for you or just feeling behind, feeling like your week is overly full, feeling like you can't wait for it to be the weekend, you're dreaming about your next vacation, you get the Sunday sads for Monday mornings, whatever it looks and feels like in your body and brain, it really is very universal. So this idea that I want to add to it is a lot of my teaching has to do with time tracking. That has been a huge breakthrough for me. And you, if you have the Elegant Excellence Journal, we talked about that in the very first workshop. So that would have gone live December 2020, December 2020. So you can go back and listen to that. But for me, the tracking my time was the huge aha of realizing, oh my gosh, I have 10 units of things I'm trying to do in four units of time. Like, I'm not even close. This is why I am insane. So we've talked about that a lot, and that is very powerful as a first step. But I also had a thought that it's not all about the math equation. The math equation is powerful and genuinely changed things for me. I am so much happier in my life when I had that aha that I was doing, trying to do 10 things in a a, a four-thing window. So coming up with that schedule and tracking my time and making these project maps and you know, it's really helped me with my my book that I was able to create a book map where I tracked my time. How long does it take me to write different kinds of chapters? Now, let me multiply that. How many hours over how many days over how many weeks do I think it's going to take me to write this book? So that math equation is really powerful. But if we're just focused on having the perfect schedule, and I am a visual person, so I'm literally visualizing my Google Calendar in front of me right now this week what would the schedule blocking be? You know, if you were blocking your time, I do this from seven to nine and then this from nine to 11 and then this from 11 to one, et cetera. You've got your whole week blocked out. So then the question can become when something else comes up, that could be an entirely new project. That could be a the ability to go the extra mile on this thing, to add in that bell and whistle, to say yes to that coffee date, to commit to cooking that dinner to engaging in this drama that's coming up with your family, I mean, a myriad of things, we can look at the schedule and say, do I have an hour to fit that in? 
This friend is coming in from out of town. Do I have an hour to fit in going to coffee with them? I just got this opportunity to speak at this thing. Do I have two hours in my week to say yes and fit that in? But I think the question that we're not asking then when we just focus on the time is, do you also have the energy? Because you might, if you're just looking at the math equation, have the time. The hour is there. But if you don't give that hour to the dinner, to the making something for your kid's bake sale, to the diving in to become knowledgeable about this issue in the world, to whatever it is, if you don't spend that hour on the thing you are about to say yes to, consciously or unconsciously, because we say yes to a lot of things unconsciously, right? You just open your phone. You're like, where did that hour go? Like you start scrolling. You're like, what happened to that time? You get totally triggered and riled up by a text message or an email you receive or a phone conversation. And you're like, oh my gosh, that was my night. I was just anxious all night because of I found out about that thing. So if we didn't give that hour to that thing, then it's going to go someplace else. And if we haven't really dialed into our calendar, when is our rest time? When are we renewing our our resources? When are we filling our well? When are we filling ourselves back up with pure just rest and spaciousness so that we can do all of our other tasks better? Do we have time for journaling, brainstorming, thinking, learning, to do other tasks better? When are you taking in new wisdom? When are you just taking think space to be like, how am I feeling about taking care of my parent with Alzheimer's? You know, it's been six months. Where are we at now? Am I really slowing down to think through that? Have I scheduled that time? Or is that what happens when I have hours that aren't accounted for? And am I not thinking through, if I do schedule out every one of these hours, then I'm not getting the renewal from rest. I'm not getting the clarity from journaling or think time. And also, do you just have unscheduled time where if if tasks do take longer, I shouldn't say if, I should say when, when tasks take longer, because inevitably, I think for most of us, even if you are really paying attention, you're going to you're going to underestimate occasionally you're going to misestimate how much time something takes there you're going to you're going to misunderstand the scope you thought that you needed to do two steps of it but actually there was five steps there's going to be a problem that you didn't anticipate arising so if we haven't allowed any unscheduled room then i think that's when we become so overly scheduled that okay we're on top of our schedule like we said we were going to do this at this time and we are but for me at least there's a lot of angst along with it because my energy is all accounted for there hasn't been if if suddenly something took more energy than i expected that was a more stressful task than i thought this evening was not as relaxing as i thought if i don't have any energy reserves if i don't have any spacious time to allow for that to be built back up i'm still going to end up burnt out even if i looked at my calendar and was like well but i did everything in the time that i said i was going to take so why am i still feeling tired but i think it's because we can schedule every hour and have we really scheduled rest leisure and playtime think time 
And also buffer time. I think for me, a lot of times when I don't have that buffer, then I'm not giving myself the spaciousness to allow for times when my energy just isn't at a high. I don't know why. It's it's the first day of my period. I didn't sleep well last night. I saw some upsetting news this morning. I'm just feeling grumbly about this task. I don't know. I'm just tired today. I don't even have a way to explain it. But there's going to be times when your energy just not is just not as focused. When you just you didn't get into that flow state. And when you're in flow state, Man, you can crank out those emails or you can crank out that those project maps. But when you're not in a flow state, sometimes you're like, why does this feel so hard today? That if we aren't also checking in with our energy, we're less likely to leave space to be able to listen to our body and our brain. And that's what I am realizing is that I've I've had to I've pulled back way, way less. So I I don't have 10 things I'm trying to cram into four anymore. I now have four in four, and I'm much more aware of my hourly schedule and the hours things take me. But also, I need to acknowledge it isn't just about if I've got 30 minutes and I can do that in 30 minutes, then let's say yes to it. But what is the energy output of that? And would I rather just save my energy to be fresher? for the things that matter most, for the bigger projects? Do I want to allow myself the grace and the space that if I'm not having a high energy day, I haven't scheduled every hour for my whole week where there isn't that breathing room for it. So I think if you find yourself spread thin, if you find yourself unhappy with the volume or the pace or the amount of things on your plate, on your calendar, step one is honesty about your time which we have been talking about recently, we've talked about in the the LX Journal workshops, et cetera, that honesty with your time is key. But I think step two is further honesty about your energy. Energy for me is something that I've, I've shared about here before. I think it's that underlying fear of, am I lazy? Am I lazy? Am I just not pushing hard enough? Am I not working hard enough? Should I be getting more done? It's this subconscious fear of laziness, and I think what triggers it is when I'm not feeling a really ample energy. And so then I think I beat myself up for that when the reason I'm not feeling ample energy is because I've expended a lot of energy. It just was not reasonable that I was going to be able to energetically accomplish that much focus that much, create that much, make that many decisions, juggle that many things for that many hours, for multiple late nights, for that many days without resting over the weekend, whatever it is. And I know I'm not alone in this fear of maybe I'm lazy. Someone just said that to me on DM the other day. She was like, here's what I'm struggling with in my business, but also, I don't know, maybe I'm just a lazy sloth. And I was like, there are those people out there, but I just never think that I'm hearing from them because I don't think you are listening to a personal development podcast if you're just a lazy sloth. I think you, people who are deeply lazy do not have enough hope to listen to a personal development podcast. I don't think they have enough hope to be reaching out and messaging me because there's a sense of discouragement of like, I just don't have what it takes. I'm just, I'm just not cut out for that. I think if you are the, a growth-oriented person, 
you're listening to this podcast, you're following my stories, you're messaging me, inherently, you want to make your life better. And that in and of itself, just that that vibe is a not lazy sloth vibe. Do you know what I mean? A lazy sloth is like, it's fine. I'll just hang where I'm at. And then that person is just like not engaging with my content. So I think if you don't feel that you have enough energy or you're frustrated that, that you don't have enough energy, it's because you're running a daily marathon. Like, of course you have no energy. Your body needs to rest and recuperate. I was thinking about this with sports, how in the Olympics this came up a lot with gymnastics. They would talk about some of the more top athletes who had qualified for more events. They were commenting, by the time you get to the final individual event, this is someone who competed in another individual event and then also in the all-round, also in the team competition. Meanwhile, another uh, gymnast who maybe excelled just in one field and their team was not strong enough to be in the team competition, they were only out there competing once. And that was mentioned so often by the commentators who are former professional gymnasts themselves that I was like, that has to be a really big component of it. Came up watching the US Open again and again, the day that Jeremy and I went to uh, to see it. They're always talking about that energy and how how long the person's last match was. If somebody won their set in three rounds versus, or wait, game set match. If they won their match in three sets versus five, they saved a lot of energy compared to their opponent. And so that idea that it's not just the energy we put out today, but the energy we've put out over the last few days and the last week or two, that all really builds up. And I think if we're just micromanaging our time, we could allow ourselves to say, well, I've scheduled this match for today. I've scheduled this you know, tennis or gymnastics competition for today. And it's between the hours of you know, 12 and 3. And I should be able to have great energy for this without taking into account, well, what did you do yesterday and the day before and the day before? If you're competing at an elite level every single day, then all the experts, all these commentators are going to say, that wears you down. You just, you can't be performing at your highest level. So I would just encourage you to ask yourself, how would your next week or quarter ahead, kind of depending on your mindset, for me lately, it's, it's both. I've had conversations with my team where I'm looking at the quarter ahead I'm honestly, I even just had a conversation recently where I looked six months ahead. It was like, you know what? Come May, when I look at what's on our plate for April and for for March, for April, I just think we're, I don't think we're going to have a lot of extra energy in May. So I think we should cut something. You know, we, we had to make decisions like that where I'm not saying, well, how many exact hours do you think these are going to take? Am I going to have hours left in May? I'm having to say, you know what? This calendar is feeling heavy. I don't think that we're going to have that. So sometimes I'm looking at a more quarterly perspective. And sometimes it's just looking at the week and saying like, here's what else I have on my plate. I think I just need to let that go. I think I just need to, you know, not not stress about that because I'm not going to have enough energy. Instead of saying, do I have enough time for it? Am I going to have enough time next week to do this thing? Ask yourself, will I have enough energy? And I'm just curious to see what permission that brings up because time is more factual, right? Do Are you going to be done at four and have from four to five? Well, factually, yes. It can almost feel more like arms crossed posture of like, all right, Kristen, then what excuse do you have? 
you've got from four to five, right? Because again, it's more of a math equation. But if if it's energy, no one can argue with your energy. Your energy is your heart, your gut. If you ask yourself, do I have enough energy to go meet up with that friend next week or whatever it is, your gut will probably tell you, no, I don't. Before you have to justify to yourself, well, but it looks on your calendar like you might have time. And I think it can allow for that relationship with yourself, first and foremost, to be honest. I do not feel I have enough energy for that. And it may be that it's a season where you don't have enough energy, but you're already committed. And I have been in those seasons, my friends, when you realize like with this sinking feeling, I do not have enough energy, but I don't know how to get out of this. I've already committed to coaching my kids' soccer team. I've already committed to hosting Thanksgiving. I've already committed, you know, like sometimes we realize, crap, I can't get out of this yet. But at least it gives you that, starts that self-awareness to be like, this is what it feels like though when I take it off of my gut, my my first instinct, my intuition, rather than being like the strict, you know, school principal with myself, being like, well, the the numbers show that you should be able to do this. If you want to succeed as an entrepreneur, if you want to be a good mom, if you want to fill in the blank, I think we can be harder and harsher on ourselves when we look at the cold hard facts. Now, again, I've said in previous episodes. I think looking at the cold hard facts can be so freeing because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. I, 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 I'm I, not a lazy sloth. It's not that I'm not working hard enough. I'm trying to do 10 units in a four-unit window. Oh, like that can be super freeing. But then we, the next thing can be micromanaging so much that you go right back to – now you're like, okay, I'm going to track my time. I'm going to like really be specific. I'm going to – there can still be that energy of I'm going to crush this. I'm going to dominate this, whatever. And so I think the next layer of ease is, all right, I've gone from the 10 to the 4 or I'm on that process. And again, as I said in past episodes, these are not uh, – this, this is not an equation. I'm not telling everyone to go pick four things or that you have four hours a day or anything like that. It's a it's just an illustration <laughs> to explain. We got way too many things that we are doing. So that is the first win. But I think the second win is also, even if I can't justify, I don't need to defend it. I can just learn to check in with myself and be more honest and learn to ask the question, not do I have enough time for that, but do I have enough energy? And knowing that that energy is going to be taken away from something else. You know, of course, that's always the cost benefit that we are balancing is you can push yourself to for the energy for that, but then that thing you really care about in a few days, that project, that meeting, that day off that you have with your kids or your significant other, you're stealing the energy from that. You're not going to have enough energy at that point. So that also allows us to perhaps – not even because it can, I think for a lot of women in particular, though maybe this is all genders, but there can feel like this sense of preserving my energy is for me. It's self care, et cetera. And yes, it is. And that is 110% a valid, worthy reason to do it. But if you are struggling with that because you're like, but I have these career goals or but I want to be this kind of mom or whatever, then even if you look at it as, what well, only have so much energy to give? What are the top priorities I want to give that energy to? Even if the, the preserving energy isn't for yourself. 
So let's say maybe that's step three. Step three is you're just preserving that energy for yourself. But if that feels a little hard, if that feels a little selfish or indulgent almost to get to, it does not for me, I'll be honest with you, but I'm just trying to make space for the different stages that we might be at in our growth. If that feels kind of uh, indulgent to you, then first you can you just ask, do I have the energy for this? Is this going to take away from my energy, my freshness, my sharpness for the top priorities that really matter most? And then ultimately, I do want you to be honoring, I just don't want to go through life exhausted. And so if if I ask myself, do I have the energy for that? And there's a part of me that's like, that's enough, friend. All you need is that sigh. And this is going to sound really like woo-woo. But honestly, I just have this inclination at that point to like put one hand on my chest and one hand on my stomach and just be like, I hear you. Do you know what I mean? Like if a friend, if a good friend was just like, I'm just so tired, you'd give her a hug, right? You'd just be like, oh, I hear you. And can we say that to ourselves? And that is enough. No justification needed. No, well, but I feel like I should be able to have more energy or I just have no excuse for the fact that I was tired on Wednesday or if I just gotten more done over the weekend then I wouldn't be in this position. Like, what if we took all of that off? And we're like, just honestly, what's that first reaction. Do I have enough energy for this? And then there's other things. Like I have a friend, I happen to mention friend coming to town. I have a friend coming to town next week. As soon as they said they were coming, I'm like, amazing. Because I know it's going to give me energy to go. I'm not like, all right, I guess I'll go meet them in the city. But that's because I know my gut. I know my gut and I know who my people are. So I don't feel tired. I don't feel obligated. I don't, I'm not going to cancel at the last minute because I didn't say yes, even though I really kind of wanted to say no. If I check in, like, do you have energy to see Scott next week? I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely, like, Scott's one of my closest friends. So, of course, yeah, like, great. I want to prioritize that. I'm excited to prioritize that. That's my first gut is hooray. And then as we continue to make plans, I keep checking in. I'm like, yep, my gut is still a hooray. Maybe if if after that I was like, oh, you know what though? Now I'm starting to feel overwhelmed by it because I said yes because I really do love Scott, but actually I have an insane week and I didn't think through that. You know, sometimes it's the second thing we come to. And that's okay then to be like, I'm going to – actually, this happened to me recently. I had a friend reach out and was like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to spend time with this person. And then my day was not at all like I expected. And I was like, you know what? This is actually a really – big, like this is a pretty full week and I thought I was fine with it, but two huge things just derailed me today and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to pace myself for this week. So I verbal processed that with Jeremy and I said to the friend, I'm so sorry. Normally, it's no big deal for me to take an after walk, uh, after work walk, but this is an especially full week and I thought I was fine, but I had two things happened today that just, I am real behind now. And I was so glad that I did because I ended up working for hours more and I would have felt resentful if I had left work to go to that. So sometimes it's also acknowledging not just the first instinct, but the second time when we get deeper into plans, the third time when we get more into the project, are we starting to get a sinking feeling of, I might have overcommitted myself? Or are we staying in I'm so excited about this because that energy, I'll tell you, working on a project that I'm deeply passionate about, like this book, I I have great energy for it. 
It's also because I'm protecting my energy everywhere else, but I want you to know you there really can be, I'd say I'm at like 90%, 85 to 90% of the things in my life on my schedule, I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to work on. Like, my energy's good. I'm excited for it. And yes, there remain those things in business, in life that you don't want to do. Like, I don't know, your taxes or whatever. You're not like, oh, I'm just feeling so energetic and buzzy for my taxes. We're not going to have that all across the board, but I think many of us are way, way, way less than 85%. And so everything feels heavy. Everything feels hard. We start to be resentful about things, even that we love, even that bring us joy. So my friend, I hope that this speaks to and blesses you today. Please come. Let me know your thoughts over on Instagram. Chime in on Instagram stories. Share this episode and this series with a friend that you think would bless you. It would bless, as I hope that it has blessed you. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is the show Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. I'm not done with it yet. I think we've got maybe three more episodes, so I haven't finished it in full. But I had loved the book. It's by the same author as Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies, I did not read the book. I watched the series, loved the series. This one, I read the book, and I do really recommend the book. I read it a few months ago. Hmm maybe even a year ago. So I don't know if I read it right before watching the series. You know, sometimes that's great because it's like fresh in your mind and you loved it and now you get to see the characters come to life. Sometimes it's frustrating because you're like, oh, they didn't exactly stick to that plot point. And I can't quite tell if they're veering off the plot point a little bit. So that is to say, I recommend the book. If you're a novel person and you want to read the book first, do that. Maybe then you want to take a little bit of space before you dive into the series, but also you do not have to have read the book, in my opinion. I am loving the series. I also watched White Lotus, which a ton of people on Instagram were talking about, and I guess people have very strong opinions about it. Most people loved it. Some people loathed it. I really did enjoy it, but it was kind of a heavy show. Like, no spoilers, but basically everyone in White Lotus is struggling they're struggling at the beginning and they're pretty much still struggling at the end. <laughs> Whereas Nine Perfect Strangers, they are all struggling at the beginning, but we're, we're seeing growth and healing. So for me, while White Lotus was um, visually beautiful and I would still recommend watching it, I realized that I'm drawn to things that make me feel inspired and hopeful. And I felt, you know, it's like it was, White Lotus was a little bit dark, not like, you know, deeply depressing, but I like that there's like some inspiration in uh, Nine Perfect Strangers. So I am definitely in the camp of every single week being like, is the new episode out yet? Is the new episode out? So um, hope that that brings you joy if you dive into it. And if you have anything else, any other shows that you are watching that you are just really loving, please send me a DM because Jeremy and I are kind of trying to like Find our shows. You guys know, if you follow me in stories, we are obsessed with Ted Lasso. I don't know how it took us a year to get into it, but oh my gosh, the joy. We are totally loving that. We just started Only Murders in the Building. We're only a couple episodes in. I'm liking it, but I don't feel like I could fully endorse it yet because there's only been like three episodes out. Um, but we've kind of gotten out of our vibe of having shows that we watch together. Um, we just were struggling for a long time. Things that he liked, I didn't really like, and vice versa. So we've sort of more taken to watching our own shows. But 
um, we we watched the whole office and the whole West Wing. And that was like years of our relationship was going through these two shows. And then we've kind of struggled since then to find something to really dive into. So if you have something that you love, even if it's an older show, it, that can actually be kind of great because you can binge all of it. Um, whereas these shows right now are actually driving us a little bit mad that we have to wait every week. Ted Lasso, Nine Perfect Strangers, only murders in the building. They all just are one episode a week. And um, so we're having to, we have like more of a TV schedule, I feel like, in our head to be like, okay, it's the weekend. It means there's a new Ted Lasso episode. And I kind of prefer just being able to uh, to binge and dive into it. Oh, I also have, this makes it sound like I'm watching so much TV. I watch like an hour of TV a night, but I also got into uh, the morning show, which is the other one that uh I'm really loving. I didn't expect that it was going to be like quite as meaty as it is. So that's one that I have enjoyed again, being able to just watch whatever episodes. And I think the second season is coming out. But I would still say out of all of those, Ted Lasso, number one, joy upon joy, followed by Perfect Strangers, which I'm just finding like substantive, but inspirational. Just kind of my vibe, guys, right? Like substantive but inspirational. Not totally fluffy, but not like really sad and tragic. Don't really want to cry. Don't really want to feel more anxious afterwards. Want to feel like hopeful inspired about my own personal growth and that of the human race. It's really all I want in life. Do you have any TV shows that you can recommend that sound like that? <laughs> all right, my dears. Love you so much. Mean it. We'll see you back here next Wednesday with Grace and Gumption. You're welcome in advance. next Wednesday.